Hello, and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Let's design your life. The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice offers life transitions coaching and interviews with coaches, consultants, and expert entrepreneurs. Join us in our live chat room during our YouTube live streams at thesofterside.live every Wednesday and Friday at 4 o'clock p.m. Mountain. Today's guests are Jim Hall and Lucas Garvin of the Thought Leaders Institute, and they're going to talk to us about their program, Business Catalyst. So gentlemen, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you started this business. Jim, you want to go? Yeah, I'll start. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Jim Hall. I'm one of the co-founders at Thought Leaders Institute, Um, and I have been in marketing, gosh, over 25 years. Um, pretty much my whole career. And um, as part of that, I've started um, or co-founded or founded six different businesses. This is actually the sixth business that I'm running with Lucas. And um, so I've learned quite a bit, not just about marketing, but about entrepreneurship, about um, business development, sales, and uh, specifically now what we do at Thought Leaders Institute and our, our sister company, the Thought Leader Agency, is serve exclusively coaches and consultants who are looking to grow, either start a new business and get to six figures or more, or they're already, they've got some traction and they're looking for us to get them even further. Yep. And I am Lucas, the other co-founder, <laughs> and uh, I've been in marketing my entire career, more than 12 years now, actually, almost 13, and this is my third company. Um, you know, over the course of my career, I've had the privilege of serving multi-billion dollar companies such as Subway, Aon Insurance, Walmart, and more. And more specifically in the expert industry amongst coaches and consultants, et cetera, uh, you know, helping industry leaders like Lisa Sasevich and others direct the marketing and growth of their companies. Okay. What's up? Nothing. I'm just getting my notebook so I can make notes. Oh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Well, you should have had that out. These guys are going to drop some uh, major wisdom on yeah, us. Yeah, no, that's what I'm. That's why it's. Is happening. that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Are we ready for the next slide? Can we get it? Uh, so, the, there we go. I'm I'm uncertain as to whether I should just let you do this, as well. Well, I could. So you want to go to? Okay. <laughs> so Jim touched on this briefly. Uh, but who is your ideal client and tell us why you chose to work with them. So we, we started the business under a different name called, we were called Visify. Um, and that was about almost seven years ago now, six and a half going on seven years. And we thought Visify was a great name because it encompassed so much. It didn't mean anything, but it could mean things. And it was short and tight. Um, and as it, as about a year or so into the business, we realized the people we really loved to serve were coaches and consultants. So people who were up to bigger things in the world so that we're having a ripple effect through the work that they did on others and improving their lives, improving their businesses, their relationships, what have you. And so about a year, year and a half ago, we completely doubled down on the, the expert and in, in coaching space and rebranded as Thought, Leader, Thought Leaders Institute and the Thought Leader Agency came shortly after. We actually started with the Thought, Leader, Thought Leaders Institute and then the Thought Leader Agency came after that. And so an ideal client um, is someone who, you know, obviously coaches and consultants are our core, um, 
But not everybody's the right fit, obviously, for what we do. It, it depends on where they are in their business. Lucas, you want to talk a little bit more about how that looks from the two different? Sure. So on, on the Institute side of things, you know, typically if you are a newer uh, coach or consultant, someone who's really looking to establish yourself out there, really hit that uh, six figure mark for the first time, maybe hit some of the lower multiple six figure uh, numbers that, uh, you know, the Institute, we have programs that serve those businesses very well. If you're already in the multiple six figures and you're really looking for that scale uh, in your business and you're looking for uh, really expanding your marketing and increasing leverage in your business, then Thought Leader Agency um, absolutely can help. Okay. What are some of the specific problems that you help your clients to solve? What are the, what are the challenges? Where are they at when they need you the most? Sure. Well, you know, a lot of them are struggling with creating an offer, right? A program that they feel confident in uh, and ready to sell. And then, you know, once they have that in place, how do they actually sell it? You know, how do they have a, a conversation that feels natural and allows them to more easily and effectively enroll new clients into that program? And then once they're ready to sell it, well, they've got to get people to more or less sell too, right? So how can they then attract just the right people for their programs consistently and predictably over the long term? You know, another thing that we that I would I would add to that, all that, and um, one of the other, I think, struggles that people come to us and we help them solve is giving them a clear way forward. I think there's just so much information out there about what you should be doing. It seems like you could be doing everything and still it wouldn't be enough. So we help them sort of sift through what it is that they could be doing to focus on the core things that they, sh that they need to be doing. Cause there's only a few different ways they can really make an impact on their business growth. I mean, one is they can get more clients. The other is they can charge those clients more. And the third is they can get those clients to buy more from them. And if you're not doing one of those things or all of those things together, you're really going to struggle to grow effectively, especially in the beginning when you're trying to get off the ground. Like say you're leaving a day job to do this, right? Mm -hmm. To get that, to replicate that income really quickly, you're not going to want to do that by selling $97, you know, courses or $7 eBooks, right? You're going to want to do it by selling something that's high ticket to a few people. You know, you can really grow the business quickly that way. So we help people sort of reconceptualize their their approach to their business and really focus on what's really going to move the needle for them. Can yeah. Mark, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No worries. I, I was just going to say a, a lot of the people that come to us, they, they tell us, you know, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much out there. Um, I've tried a lot of things. Not much has really worked. A few things got a little bit of traction and, you know, I'm doing okay, but I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be. Um, and, and that just leads to a lot of overwhelm. And so like Jim said, you know, it's really sifting through uh, what, what would help them get traction, create consistent sales, and then scale over the long term. But even more so how they can create really uh, an unfair advantage for themselves and how they can stand out 
in the market with the work that they do, right? You've probably heard about things like, you know, red ocean versus blue ocean. Well, we help them create their very own blue ocean in a market where, as I'm sure many of you have noticed, uh, it doesn't seem like there's much left out there. And uh, when you have the right messaging, when you have the right things nailed down, you can create it. Do you want to hold questions, uh, my questions, your questions, to the end of the presentation? No, it, the well, if you have something that pops up. That... Uh, so there are a couple of things that uh, uh, popped up. You you used the uh, phrase early on in your presentation, experts industry. And I think you characterized it, but could you define that for us? Because it strikes me that's a term that's not you know, co in common uh, use. What do you mean when you say the experts industry? Sure. So we, what we mean by that is is... There's a wide range of people that are experts, right? They're, you know, doctors are experts, lawyers are experts. That's not what we consider as a, what, who, who we best serve, not that we don't consider them experts. Let me take that mm -hmm. back. We, we obviously consider them experts. In the definition of expert industry, we're looking at people who are delivering their services in a way like one-on-one um, -on -one coaching or consulting. Uh, group coaching programs or masterminds. They're delivering it through online trainings or online group um, courses, coursework and, and, and trainings, um, in-person um, workshops, things like that. So coaches, consultants, online trainers, you could probably lump in speakers and authors if they have some sort of offer beyond just the, they're not like paid speakers or just selling books, but they're, they're using those avenues as a way to sort of move people into a different, more uh, personal one-on-one -on -one or group relationship with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that it does. Question? Go ahead, Lucas. Were you going to say something else? Yeah, it's it's really products, programs, and services sold by people who uh, are delivering their expertise through those avenues. So one of the things that you mentioned uh, early uh, in the conversation is that um, you're trying to move people away from the $7 ebook and the $97 you know, Udemy course uh, into much larger programs. But the simple fact of the matter is for most of those people uh, that are listening to this early on or listening to your programs, uh, it's a lot less cumbersome. It's a lot easier to sell a $7 ebook uh, or a $97 Udemy course until you realize you have to sell a whole bunch of those uh, in order to do it. It yeah. sounds like what you're trying to do is convince them to up their game and use the products and say the Udemy courses as a way of, of entry into uh, the expertise. The, but the other thing when you do that is you've significantly reduced your market and you're now targeted at the top of the pyramid and you've got to figure out ways to reach them, that top of the pyramid versus the guys that are buying the $7 ebook and the $97 uh, Udemy course. Mm -hmm. What? How do you help folks learn, because that's a, that's a learning process. How do you help folks learn how to reach that top of the pyramid uh, with their target, mar uh, their market? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd love to answer that question, but I just want to address a couple other things first. Okay. So um, a, a lot of what you said is, is absolutely correct. You know, uh, yes, when you target uh, or when, when you intend to sell something that is higher ticket, you are typically going to work with a smaller, uh, you know, smaller market mm -hmm. in terms of the number of people that 
are uh, both able and willing to invest that amount of money with you uh, as the first transaction with your business and your mm-hmm. brand, right? right? And so that's that's absolutely true. Um, but one of the biggest uh, sort of myths we hear very commonly in, in the industry is that it's easier to sell a $97 thing than it is a $9,000 thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure, the, 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 the initial, almost, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but the emotional logic of it is that, sure, yeah, that sounds like it should be way easier. It's right. a much smaller number. Um, well, the truth of it is, is at the end of the day, uh, you know, decisions, purchasing decisions especially, are made emotionally, right? And so, um, the, when you think about price points of products, programs, and services, especially in an industry like the expert industry where so many of these are uh, intangible, right? They're, they're focused right. on a transformation in that person's business or life. Uh, what you really have to look at is what are the problems, struggles, pains that they're dealing with, right? And so typically when you're selling something that's $97, it's probably solving one of those smaller pains, struggles, problems. Mm -hmm. If you're selling something that's $9,000, it better be a pretty serious problem Mm -hmm. that needs pretty urgent uh, solving, right? And so that's you know, the answer to your question, which is that when you look to sell something that's high ticket like that, whether it be coaching or, or a mastermind or something like that, it really requires that you identify inside of your expertise, your, uh, you know, uh, experience, a problem, pain or struggle that a, you know, pretty common, you know, or, or substantial group of people either in your area, but more, you know, maybe nationally or even internationally struggle with that you can speak to and solve. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to jump in. Yeah. um, Go ahead. Yeah. So the other thing about that is you asked, you said that it's maybe some re-education and I'd love to offer a little bit of that right now, which is, you know, when you're an unknown in the, you know, to most of the world, you're unknown, no matter what, you know, most of us, right? Yeah. At, you know, until you get to a certain level, Tony Robbins, right? Somebody like that is a different, they have a different calculus that they do. Uh-huh. But when you're starting out or when you're early stages, you're still, there's still a lot of um, trust building, relationship building, rapport building that needs to happen to even sell $97 or, or 997 yeah. right? 997 So why not sell something at, that's 10 times that price um, or a, you know, 100 times that price for going from 97, you know, because you're going to exert a lot of effort to, to, how, to, to, to make that sell anyway, right? So you're either exerting that effort in the, in the sales process when you're having the conversation or you're exerting it in the marketing process to get 1,000 people to buy it, you know, or 100, sorry, 100 people to buy it at $97 versus um, one person to buy it at $9,700, you know? So it's just, it's where you're putting your effort. And when, when you're early stages, the marketing effort and the marketing spend to generate a $97 sale is much greater than when it is, than it is when you're at the later stages. So for Tony Robbins to generate $97 from a sale is relatively easy, right? He can blink and he's done it a hundred times over. $9,000 from a sale is relatively easy at this point in his Uh career, right? So the, the bar keeps raising as you go along, but but if you're looking to really get your business going quickly, especially in the beginning or even, you know, relatively early on, not necessarily right at the zero point, but early in, early on, 
it's so much easier to sell high ticket. It seems it's, it's very counterintuitive, but um, the work that needs to be done to, to make this sale is not at, not a hundred times more than it is to sell something at a lower price. You know, uh, having worked with sales professionals at all levels during my career, I can tell you that the uh, sales professionals that are sh- selling low ticket items in the nine hundred, uh, the, the ninety nine to nine hundred range, are seem always to be a lot more stressed and unhappy than the sales professionals that are working to sell. You know, nine thousand yeah. to nine million. Expectation to, isn't yeah. gone. Isn't yeah. any yeah. Le- isn't necessarily any less. I right. mean, probably return return rates are really really high at those mm-hmm. lower end, right? The investment on the person, the, their 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 personal investment into it isn't as strong because they're not you know putting as much on the line. Mm-hmm. There's just so many factors that go into it. And then their success also, how much success are they really, you know, are they really looking to have from a $97 mm-hmm. purchase, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So for, for someone to make, you know, uh, 50, you know, a hundred thousand or even $50,000 a year with, you know, that, that low ticket kind of product, it really takes many thousands of people sales, in yeah. your social media or, or, or email following uh, to generate that kind of revenue. And the, the reality is, is that for most experts, they're not anywhere close to that. And so, you know, attempting to try to generate a livable income, uh, you know, at, at even a couple hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars per sale is pretty difficult. And, you know, if they're honest with themselves, the kind of transformation that they can deliver in a few months or a year's time working privately with a client or intimately in a small group is far more significant than if they put up a few videos online that somebody who pays $97 and probably doesn't even watch them will receive. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, you know, as Jim was saying, uh, you know, when, when, when they're making this decision, it requires rapport building, you know, trust building and you, the, the process to do that online to get somebody to the point of trusting trusting you knowing you liking you enough to even make a $97 sale is exponentially longer than even a half hour or a 45 minute conversation where you can sell a multi thousand dollar offer in one conversation um, so this is getting into the thing that you guys have been uh, promoting this month. Um, how do we craft a clear, inspiring business vision that keeps us motivated and focused all year long? Sure. So there, there are four key components, and um, you know, I'll, I'll cover the first two. You know, the first two are you know, first and foremost your why, right? If you don't understand why you are doing what you are doing. Uh, getting up out of bed every morning and being excited about it is going to get more and more difficult over time, right? Not having that in front of you and having that understanding and that connection and that purpose and that passion around what it is that you're doing every day. You know, when it gets tough, the, the motivation to stick with it, to figure it out, to do what's necessary to make it successful may not be there. And, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people struggle with, and it oftentimes can be the very thing that causes them to quit and, you know, sort of suffer that, that feeling of having to say, well, it didn't work out for me. I got to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fun place to be in, and it's something that unfortunately we see all too common, um, but, you know, that, that is definitely one way to be more likely to avoid that situation uh, from the very beginning. And the second thing is to understand where you are right now. 
right? If you don't understand where you're starting from, right? You won't be able to measure your progress. You won't be able to know when you're actually having success, mm-hmm. right? And this is so, uh, it, it never, I, I, I'm consistently amazed at how many people, including myself at times, forget to look back on the progress that they've had and go, wow, you know, I mean, I, I started at literally nothing. Here I am with this, you know, even if, even if you're at 50,000, right? You, you know, you started a year or two or three ago and you, you've hit that $50,000 mark, good for you. You built a business that generates a livable income for you. And um, not many people do that. Most yeah. people fail even getting to that point, right? Uh, you know, even better, you know, if, if you've done a little bit more for yourself. So, but you, you, you can't really understand how far you've come uh, or what there is to do to get where you want to go if you don't first know where you are. Right. Yeah, and I would add, <clears throat> before I talk about the, the other two, to the why piece, the, your why is, is so much more powerful than just you. That impacts your, your team. It impacts how you relate with your potential clients. I mean, people can connect really strongly to a why and buy on that basis alone. Mm-hmm. If, the, if all else being equal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're super clear on what you're up to in the world, especially as a coach or a consultant, I mean, that's it's kind of partly what you want to lead with, right? It's, it's differentiating. So you have your why, like Lucas said, and, and your, we call your now. So understanding of where you are now, then the next thing to look at, to look at a plan for, for a year or any kind of planning is, is look at your future, right? What do you, what do you want to accomplish in this next period? So we're saying in 2020, so what's your ideal revenue look like? What kind of well, let me, let's not gloss over that. What is, what do you want to make in 2020? That's really important to be clear about that. I mean, it's, I'm not talking about, you know, in attraction or anything like that. I'm just talking about knowing for yourself what, what it is that you want to achieve, because without that, from a practical level, you can't back into it. And that's how we look at our year is we say, okay, we want to get to this point. This is, it's not just a pie in the sky number. How many clients do we need at what different price points? So do we have all the offers in place that we need to get there? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if, if we're, if we're looking to get there from, you know, 10 high ticket clients plus 20 lower ticket clients, something like that, what does that look like? Right. So you want to be able to back into that really clearly. And then the final piece is what kind of, uh, we call it your legacy. What kind of, uh, impact do you want to have in the world? So beyond just, uh, your immediate circle, but you want to look at also your, your legacy for your family and your, your close um, pe- people that are close to you. Look at the, the legacy you want to leave in your community. What, not just leave, I shouldn't say leave, like it's only happening when you're gone. What's the legacy you want to start to create now while, you know, in the world. And, um, and then also we like to throw in there, you know, put a big number out there for you to accomplish and not revenue, but a, a, like an impact number that you want to have as a legacy. So we have a hundred million people or more is the, the number of people that we want to impact, the people's lives that we want to improve through our work. And that's a huge number, right? It's like a Microsoft putting a PC on every desktop kind of number. But mm-hmm. they, when they put it out there, it was an unreasonable goal. And that was why they put it out there. And, and they totally achieved it. And now Bill Gates is on to eradicating malaria, right? Another unreasonable goal. But without that, it's, it, you know... To, to, mo- to motivate you and to have that out there, that is another driving factor for you to keep going, right? When things get tough. Your why and, yeah. and your legacy, I think, are really powerful to drive you. Yeah. I, I think legacy is, is, you know, 
yes, absolutely how people remember you, but it can also be how they speak about you when you're not around, right? Um, how they introduce you to other people. Um, you know, the, the way that they, uh, you know, the, the value that they feel that they feel you bring to the world or to their life or to their people that are important to them too. So, um, what, let me ask just one quick question about that. Uh, and I'm going to use your Bill Gates example. Uh, let's say that he and Melinda eventually, because of their investment in time, money, and effort, do cause the eradication of, of malaria. In the long run, what will Bill Gates uh, be remembered for then? What's his legacy? I think it depends on who you ask, right? I mean, he definitely, the first part of his life, he was remembered. Well, he, he's had a few phases of his life. Uh -huh. I mean, he was a disruptor and a your wonderkind for a while. And then uh -huh. he was, a, you know, he was disrupting in another way. He, he um, with, with PCs and, and operating systems and Internet Explorer. And then he moved on. And I think that's what's, he's one of my personal heroes. So I love using, as an, ex yeah. using him as an example um, because I think he's really, as he's grown, he's become more reflective and more conscious of the, that what he wants to leave, you know, in the world. And that's why I think he shifted his focus because he doesn't want to just be remembered for that. Yeah. That, but that, that's more like that's enabled him to, to move on. And I think a lot of people get into business, especially in these kind of transformational careers, coaching, consulting, because they want to have a bigger impact. Um, and obviously they want to impact the people they work, work for that, that hire them and pay them. That's their first concern. But also their family, their community in the world. Mm. Um, and so Bill Gates is exact. I mean, we'll, time will tell, but I think each of us has the opportunity to, to shape that through, you know, through consciously setting, he probably didn't have the intention when he started out. Right. My guess is I don't, I haven't, I, I don't, I don't know his, you know, inside, but I assume he probably didn't consciously start out to do all the things that he did. But I think now he shifted more into an intentional approach toward that. Mm. Yeah. My, my understanding is, you know, as Jim shared, you know, through his journey has become more reflective, but I, I think that one of the things he might be remembered for is, um, you know, it seems that at, around the, the turn of the century, maybe a little bit before, uh, he started to, in some ways, begin popularizing this idea that, you know, being a billionaire is great, and after a certain point, there's really not much more money that you right. could possibly even use, right? <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. so, you know, I think a, a sort of uh, a movement of sorts that he's not very outspoken about, but definitely is demonstrating, and I think some people are following in his footsteps, is, you know, what it looks like to be a truly philanthropic billionaire, right? Somebody who can have very you know, great personal or business success and take that, that wealth and abundance and use it to make a, a significant impact in the world. And, and to me, having come from that very volatile information technology in industry uh, from the period between the late 1960s and the early 2000s, uh, it produced a lot of very volatile billionaires. And he is an example of one that that just didn't seem to make the news a lot except for doing things well and doing things right. And I was always impressed by that. You know, I, I compare him, for example, to uh, Steve Jobs, who just made the news more often than a quiet billionaire would have or should have. And uh, I was always impressed by that part of, of uh, Bill Gates and uh, 
you know, he, I, I think he's got a multifaceted legacy, not only in business, but in, uh, in his willingness to help and uh, the quietness with which he approached all of these uh, issues or these uh, tackled these problems. Well, uh, this isn't the uh, the the, <laughs> the biography of Bill Gates, no, but it uh, do watch it. It is amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> takeaway knowledge. Okay, what is the most important thing you want our audience to know or take away from today? Hmm. There, you really don't have to do a lot to be very successful as an expert. You really don't. You know, like Jim was saying earlier, if you if you just do a, a short Google search or hop onto YouTube or get on a Facebook and see all the ads that might be there, you know, they, they'd lead you to believe that if you're not doing literally everything that there ever was that you could possibly do as it relates to marketing or getting your name out there, uh -huh. then there's absolutely zero chance of being successful. And it's just simply not true, right? Uh, you need one market, you need one offer and that's it. That's really all you need, especially to get started. And uh, you know, even once you're started, a lot of people overcomplicate it and they diversify too quickly. They add more offers and what it does is it creates confusion it spreads them too thin. It makes their marketing dollars not go nearly as far as they could or should. And ultimately it means they make less money and they make less impact. And I think that, you know, just be really mindful of where you're putting your energy, where you're putting your time, um, you know, how many offers you have, you know, really if you're below that 150 to $250,000 mark as a coach or consultant, if you're doing anything more than private coaching and maybe recently having launched a group coaching program, uh, it might be time to think about where you really want to focus your time and energy to generate the most revenue and impact in your business. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on that. I think it's, I think simplicity, simplifying your approach um, is really the key. I think in the beginning, if you, yeah, I mean, you just can't possibly do all of those things. And I think it can be overwhelming. And probably what happens is a lot of people don't even get into the business because they feel like it requires all of that to do it. Um, and that's a shame because there's probably a lot of people that have amazing things to share that aren't sharing them because of that. Or they do start even worse. They put the time and the, and the investment into it and then they get burnt out and frustrated because they realize or they think that what they've realized is that they have to do all these things rather than simplifying the offer, simplifying the audience in the market, simplifying um, the way that they deliver their service um, so that it doesn't burn them out as well. Cause that's another big thing we didn't even really talk about is, is, is the coat from the perspective of the expert, not burning yourself out by doing so many things that you can't even have time to deliver, mm -hmm. you know, or delivering in a way that, um, doesn't serve you or your client because you're getting burned out. They're not getting the best of you. And it's just this vicious cycle. So there's so many, so many benefits to simplifying that I think that's the biggest takeaway I would offer too. So yeah, that's so important. Uh, I mean, there are so many, uh, you know, multiple six figure, seven figure, and in some cases, multiple seven figure and higher uh, businesses in the expert space out there right now that are actually closing their doors because their founders are so exhausted that they need white space and they're, and they're you know, really needing that time and, and uh, you know, 
uh, ability to reflect and, you know, create what they want in the next phase of their life. And a, cer- a certain amount of that is certainly normal, but I think it, you know, there's just been this proliferation of you need to do this, you need to do that and you have to do this. And if you're not doing all of them, mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing? And that's right. just not true. Uh, if I may. Go ahead. So, um, you gentlemen have the benefit of, uh, uh, I think one of you said, 30 years of experience in marketing. The other 12, at some point, you started talking with one another and developed this sense of a particular type of expertise. Um, what we're talking to uh, on programs like these are people who have gone through high school, may have gone through college, go to work in whatever field they're comfortable in, and uh, raise a family, and they're focused pretty much on that concept of, you know, keeping a job and raising a family. And it's really difficult to start uh, to the, of them considering the idea of taking the kind of risks to become an expert. How do people make that transition from, you know, the average middle class, hardworking middle class American into the identification of some level of ex- expertise, and then the willingness to overcome the risks associated with becoming a uh, consultant? I mean, it, it sounds to me like in a lot of cases, it's just getting them past that part of the process. Yeah, there is some of that. I wouldn't say that the experts that we work with are not hardworking, though, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no and, and I don't no mean to imply that hard it is, work. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, when I'm talking about easier, I'm talking about relative. <laughs> There's still hard work involved. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's being an entrepreneur in any field involves some degree of risk tolerance, right? You mm-hmm. have to be willing to. I left the job that was paying me $180,000 a year to um, start a, a new business in 2003. Um, it was not an easy, not an easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. The new business was generating about 60 K. So, and I had a partner, <laughs> so, you know, it, there's, there has to be a certain amount of risk, um, and a certain amount of, of tolerance for that. And so it's not the right thing for everybody, but I think one of the things you can look to the, to this particular industry to, to make it a little bit easier is, um, for one thing, um, like I, we, we were saying earlier, simplifying how you approach it. So if you don't look at it as I, the only way I can start is to have all this infrastructure in place to create all of this before I even sell a single thing, um, you know, that everything has to be perfect out of the gate. It's, it's not like opening a store, for example, right? <clears throat> you don't have, there's not a certain minimum level of investment that needs to go into it. You don't need to sign a 12 year lease. You don't need to stock it with things. You don't need to pay an interior decorator to set, you know what I mean? It's a much lower level of investment and time and, and, and um, kind of a bandwidth, I guess, whatever you want to call it, like your own you know, time. So it is something that you could do being a hardworking full-time job um, person to do it in, on the side. I just had a conversation with somebody today who's, who's planning to do just that. Um, over the course of the next year mm-hmm. to transition out from a job that, where he's making 10K a month into re- replicating that into his coaching business. And um, so it, I think it's an easier transition than lots of restaurant, store, yeah. you know, any other kind of any business where you need to hire people, you know, because mm-hmm. none of that has to happen to start up. Absolutely. So, go ahead. Were you going to say, Lucas, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Um, well, no, go ahead. All right. I had a question from the room and it, uh, it is a kind of similar, 
uh, in concept to what I was asking about earlier, and that is uh, our, one of our viewers says, Virginia Mann, says, uh, what do you have to do to justify a $9,000 price tag? I don't think you can just start there, or can you? And that's the kind of uncertainty that I was trying to describe to you before. So maybe you sure. could address it uh, in that question. We hear this all the time. Um, and it may be that you don't start at 9,000. It may be that you start at three or you start at four. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, your personal time and personal expertise dedicated to solving a significant life or business challenge for someone else. Um, I can't think of something that is more valuable to many people, right? You know, if somebody, uh, you know, let's say they're, they're midlife and, and they, they have had, you know, dozens of relationships and they're, they're just really struggling. They're, they're not sure how to attract the right person for them and they're tired of waiting and they feel like there's something that they're doing wrong Mm -hmm. for, for example, right. They're relationship coaches who help people privately with this process, who train and guide them through the process, support them individually. And to them, to go from a feeling of uh, aloneness and maybe even lack of hope or excitement for the future or feeling like they're going to miss out on important parts of life or, or a certain amount of love that they feel they desire or want, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you can or should charge, you know, unlimited amounts of money for it, but absolutely that has a significant value. And if that's an expertise that you have or you have a similar expertise that solves a, you know, significant life or business challenge, I don't see any reason why. uh, And I I see it every single day. People are willing to invest that. Hmm. Yeah. Can I add something to that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so there's a few things that you would want to look at if you're trying to, you know, raise your prices, right? One is, are you talking to the right people? So to the right people, the price is not really the factor. It's, it's, it's the, the challenge, the, the problem, what's keeping them up at night is significant enough that they're willing to pay what it takes, right? And again, Lucas is, we're not, we're not talking about infinite numbers. We're not talking about millions or hundreds of thousands, but three to $10,000 mm-hmm. in that range to solve a substantial issue is not an unreasonable amount to expect, right? When it's right. your life's work that's led you to here. The other is really making clear what that transformation that you're providing is. So if you're super clear on that and you can convey that, so the messaging around that is super clear to your ideal client, it starts to become more of a no brainer, right? And then finally, the way that you, another thing to think about is how you package it. So it doesn't mean $9,000 is one conversation. And the problem is solved. Right. It might mean that it's three month, um, three months of coaching with you for three thousand dollars a month, and that's why it's nine thousand dollars, right? Or it might be mean a thousand dollars a month for three months, so it gets you to three thousand because that's way better than charging a hundred dollars a call, you know. So it 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 doesn't have to look a certain way, but there's a lot of ways that it can be packaged in such a way that, and I'm not talking about packaging it um, to obscure anything, but really about what does it take to deliver the value to deliver the transformation that the person is paying for that if that can be done in three months or six months or whatever, then you package that in a way that gets you to a price that feels comfortable and good for you. And also compels the the person to your potential client to take action, to take it seriously, 
um, you know, that they're willing to put in the time and the effort because most likely you're not going to do the transformation for them. They're going to, you're going to guide them through that, but they're going to have to do the work themselves. So if they're not taking it seriously, they're not going to do the work. So they're going to end up after the three to six months having paid you 500, if it's $500 or $600 or whatever to do some course and still not have gotten there. So what's better, right? To get there after paying a higher price or to not get there after paying, a, you know, there's, there's still six months down the line, you know, isn't it better that they've got the pro that got it handled after six months than not, you know? So lot, all those things, I've hope got, that answers the question. I've got another question for there. You want to take that before we move on? Is it pertinent to what we're talking about? It is kind of in the sense that it's uh, breadth and depth. So uh, from Holly, she says, is a broad focus, quote, branding message, unquote, or niche marketing more successful for selling a coaching service? Suggestions for getting into corporate healthcare coaching. Uh, No question niched. Uh, And, you know, if you were to have or develop over time a much more established, you know, high multiple six figure, seven figure, multiple seven figure business that, uh, you know, really has an established marketing arm and, you know, significant, significant, significant following. It's easier to, once you get to that stage, start to broaden things up a little bit more because you've developed a name for yourself. Right. But when you're getting started early on, you have to really sort of pick a lane in a sense and say, hey, this thing that I do for this specific group of people is what I specialize in. This is what I really help people or help businesses do. And these are the type of people that I help. And when you're able to do that and articulate it very clearly and succinctly and but again, specifically, it shows people like, wow, you know, I'm exactly that person and I'm struggling with exactly that problem and it's very important to me. Uh, So then they're ready to invest uh, a lot more readily than if you said, for example, if you're a relationship coach and you said, oh, well, I help people be happy in relationships versus, you know, being really specific. You know, I help women over the age of 50 find the man of their life and have the healthiest relationship they can imagine, whatever, something like that. That's very specific. It's very clear. And there's a a more, um, you know, tangible transformation that they can see in their life when you describe it that way. Mm. Yeah. Start niche and allow yourself to be broader later if it makes sense. And maybe it never does. There are multiple seven figure businesses that we've worked with that have one or two core offerings and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Thank Moving you. into the next question. Let's talk results that your clients are getting. What results can your clients expect when they work with you? Well, um, I can give you an example. There was someone who was in our coaching program who um, came on one call and was able to generate a $10,000 sale from having a little bit of coaching from that one call. Um, We also have had clients that have generated entire new businesses from scratch because they, uh, for example, we have one client who is a um, super solid uh, real estate advisor, um, was helping people... um, choose investment, helping, helping them find investments um, and help and guiding them through that process and getting paid based on the results. She realized that that training that she was delivering, she didn't even think of it as training, but as she was guiding them through this process to the point where they would pay her to do the investment, to get a percentage of the investment was the 
that was it. That was it. That was the whole thing. Uh-huh. And she was giving that away. Right. And so we helped her um, put that into a system and package that. So now that's a whole separate business, a whole other, well, no, I don't know about business, but whole other revenue stream for her. That's multiple, that's over six figures as far as I know. Um, and uh, in, on top of getting paid for those results. So um, those are a couple of examples. Um, definitely people are, um, from starting from zero, looking at a different trajectory than somebody that's, you know, into a few years into their business with, with six or multiple six figures. And when we say that, I think people understand that means a hundred thousand or 200,000 plus when we say multi, six or multiple six. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Lucas, did you want to add any? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, in terms of the, the type of transformations they experience in, you know, the, the, tangible difference in their business other than revenue, uh, you know, and creating a new business, for example, might be charging more for what they sell, increasing the percentage of people that actually enroll in their programs and services when they have a conversation with them, Uh, having that extra clarity on who their ideal client is so that when they go and they actually do go to advertise or put marketing out in the world, people actually respond to it. It actually works and they make money from it instead of just putting stuff out there and hoping that people respond and getting crickets. Yeah, so, or they can structure their programs in such a way that they don't have to work as much to deliver the same kind of results and make the same kind of income. So that's another kind of result that happens from working with us. So what the kinds of programs that you're describing, uh, require a lot, it seemed to me, I'm assuming, require a lot of personal interaction. And uh, at the same time, it seems to me like uh, we lose the benefit of social media marketing tools and techniques that have been developed over the past couple of decades. I mean, that's what it's taken. Mm-hmm. So so how do, do we just ignore those social media marketing tools and techniques in all of this? Or how can they get us closer uh, or, or help us to reach out to that client that requires the interpersonal or, or the interaction that generates the $9,000 sale instead of the $97 sale? Sure. Well, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's much more difficult to generate even a $97 sale. It takes much more time building that no like trust factor to close that $97 sale entirely online than it does to generate a multi-thousand dollar sale in the course of a conversation. Mm -hmm. So what we help our clients do when it comes to marketing, when they're selling high ticket products and services is to create marketing using social media, such as Facebook and Facebook ads and other platforms to actually attract the right people into qualified conversations with them to talk about working with them. Got it. So they can use those platforms to reach really targeted audiences of the right people and have those conversations and enroll them into their programs. Okay. What, what's going on there? That was my fault. It, oh, nothing okay. is happening on the screen. <laughs> you're, you're okay. Okay. So let's talk about your future and the future of Thought Leaders Institute. What's coming up for you guys this year? We have a busy year ahead of us. Um, we were just putting together something we call the state of the company presentation, which we'll be delivering to our team on Monday um, after we spent a day um, last week going through our what happened in 2019, what do we want to do for 2020. And um, so we have a giveaway, first of all, coming up in a, in a few months. Um, 
which is a great um, opportunity for us to bring a lot of people that we've gotten to know over the past few years. Uh, this is our first time doing our own hosting a giveaway. Um, and what a giveaway is, is a bunch, our giveaway anyway, is called the Thriving Thought Leader. Um, and it's a giveaway of, we don't know how many yet, but um, probably a few dozen people um, who will be donating some free uh, tool or template or training mm -hmm. to it. Um, and you'll be able to get all of those for free. Uh, and they'll be all experts in different fields all around um, how, uh, how to grow a thought leader business. So, and also without also taking care of the, the thought leader. So it'll have, it'll have some, um, some health and, and, and mental uh, health wellness type um, programs in there as well. Um, so that's the first thing. And then we're going to be um, later on in the year, we have, a, or we're going to be doing a live event of our own, um, a three day live event. Um, and that should be really exciting. Also called the thriving thought leader. And um, that's going to be an in-person experience where people can come and and really learn what we do over three days. Um, so that'll be really fun. It's our first time doing a three-day event, a uh, three-day live event. We've attended many, sponsored <laughs> many, um, actually haven't been up on stage for three days. So that'll be an interesting experience. Yeah. So that's coming up in the fall. Uh, Lucas, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I, I think that's about it. But I, I would say, you know, the other thing, we're, we're putting a real emphasis on building community right now. And uh, we have a free Facebook group called surprise thriving thought leaders <laughs> good one um, great marketing a theme here yeah. yeah and um so you can go to our website thoughtleadersinstitute.com and you'll be able to click on community there and find us uh, on facebook and um yeah the the community is really important to us because um you know one of the things that that we're, we're tired of seeing in the space is just this proliferation of complication and, uh, you know, lack of simplicity when simplicity is exactly what experts need right now. And so, you know, over the course of the next year, we're going to be bringing a lot of free training tools and resources to that group. And we're super excited to continue to grow that community that's uh, nearing a thousand now. It's getting up there. Okay. That leads us into our next question, which is how can people find you and learn more? And I do have the link to your website in the description box below. Is there any, and of course you just you mentioned, mentioned the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Is there anything else that people should be doing or taking advantage of that, that you have out there? Hmm. Well, from the website, they can take a look at our training. Mm -hmm. um, that will give them some information. Um, the training that's that's there right now, the latest training that's there is talking about uh, the what we call a hybrid hybrid offer, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, a nice combination of training and, and coaching and community and tools and templates that um, that we teach you how to put that together for yourself. Um, so that's a that's a nice training that's available there for free if, if you want to check that out. And what's uh, the website again? I'm going to type is it in the chat. Thought, Le Thought Leaders Institute .com. Thought Leaders Plural. Okay. Institute .com. Yep. Okay. Dot com. Got it. And there is a free training there if you guys are yep. interested. Just go to the website and look for the free training, and it's awesome. And the Facebook page is also Thought Leaders Institute. It's um, Thriving Thought Leaders. Thriving Thought Leaders on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
think we yeah, and that's a free community. There is a semi application for it because we would just we really want it to be coaches and consultants who are actually you know serious. <laughs> uh, we're not looking for other you know people to get in there and make it a mess. So we're really trying to be um, uh, selective, I guess, about who we let in. But but it's a pretty it's, it's three questions, so not not a hard application. But yeah. just want to. Yeah, we don't want to have got to keep the got to keep the uh, spam out. Right, yeah. we know the feeling. Yeah, we have one <laughs> last question. Uh, just if you have final recommendations or action steps that you would recommend for our audience. Hmm. Well, I, I would say if you're in a place of transition right now and you're looking to start a new business and maybe you're considering starting a coaching or consulting business. Um, get out there and do it. You know, it, it, there's, there's really not a better time to do it. It's only going to, as time goes on, as, as you know, months and years go on, get more difficult uh, and more, uh, more saturated. So, you know, while, while it's fresh in your mind, while it feels, you know, you feel that pull to do something different and share your expertise with people, get out there and do it. And if you'd like some help along the way, we'd love to be there. Okay. And from you, Jim? Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is my sixth business, right? So I'm not immune. I, I, I know what I, I, I kind of knew what I wanted early on and I just sort of done it over and over again. Um, but I understand what it would, what it is also to leave a, leave something that seems more secure. But in my experience, it actually wasn't. It's funny. I'll, I'll share with you really quickly. When I went in to give my notice to leave the $180,000 job, my boss actually shared with me, he says, well, this is good timing because actually we were going to have to lay some people off anyway. Ooh. So, yeah. um, you know, you think it's, you think the ground underneath you is solid and it's not always right. So I, I find myself feeling much more in control when it's my own thing. So um, to me that, 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 that security that I thought was secure was actually, you know, I was imagining it. An illusion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to be that wave or the next wave, but at some point. Right. So yeah. Hmm. And I have much more control over what happens in my life. Okay. Well, so do I, we have any questions? Or one last one. I'm, and I'm going to ask it just because I think it's cute. Do you think I can be a life coach even though I sound like Bobcat Goldthwaite? <laughs> I think you'd be a great sure that is. <laughs> just tell people you live in a van down by the river. Right, Who was exactly. this? <laughs> Who was this? Uh, that, was, uh, that was Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. 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 All um, right. You're done. That's um, it. I thought Corey had a question early on. Uh, let me see. Early on, up, up, up. Up higher. Oh, uh, any, uh, Corey Jacobs, any advertising tips with the difference of selling something low cost versus the $9,000 example? Don't mm. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, I mean, there, there are other ways to sell a $97 product, I would say, mm -hmm. than advertising. Um, you know, speaking, uh, network, things like that. Mm -hmm. Lucas, jump in on that. I feel like that's more your... So, so it sounds like it's not the traditional approach to, uh, uh, to sales and marketing. I mean, you're, you're changing the rules of sales and marketing by not saying forget advertising. Is that, is, did I read that right or did, am I reading too much? No, don't forget advertising. Just, I'm saying for nine, a $97 product when you're in complete unknown is going to take a lot of advertising. And, and for, but, but what he's asking is, 
what what about a nine thousand dollar? What do you? Well, how oh, do you I'm advertise? Sorry. That, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, that was my fault. Answer the question properly. <laughs> I didn't hear it right. Sure. So if you're trying to sell something that's high ticket, right? You, it's not something that you're going to sell online. There's really only two ways to sell anything high ticket. That is with a live event. Sometimes it could be a one day or a multi day event where you make that offer from the stage, or it's going to be with a conversation. It could be an in-person conversation, a phone conversation, a Zoom or a Skype conversation. And, you know, it's because it requires that intimacy and that emotional connection with you uh, and trust to really make that kind of investment. And so your online marketing efforts should be focused on generating those conversations, yeah. right? Conversations you can do from anywhere in the world. Uh, and it really is the most effective and the most profitable way to market online when it comes to selling high ticket, no questions asked. So the advertising should direct people to the event, if you will, versus the product, the sale of the product. Is that correct? Well, more so typically the, the model that we follow is the advertising drives people to like an online training mm -hmm. that they request. And then the online training delivers a bunch of value, starts to establish that no like trust factor. And mm -hmm. then, offers people to apply for a conversation with you uh, if they're interested in talking about working with you. And then during that conversation, you would enroll them. Got it. Mm -hmm. All right. I think we're done. Is that and it we're then? Getting close okay, to, yeah. great. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today with us and answering all these questions and sharing your uh, business knowledge with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, any last words before we go? I want to thank you for having us. It was really nice to be invited and it was, was fun and a lot easier than I thought it would be. I've never done this in this format. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, and absolutely. It's a lot of fun. And, and uh, there's no editing. Right. No editing. It goes straight <laughs> to production so you don't have to worry about it. So yeah, it's great. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for being here today for all your great questions, comments, and great attention in the chat room. And we look forward to seeing you later today for Toby's birthday celebration tonight. And we give great thanks uh, and a shout out to Jim Hole and Lucas Garvin of Thought Leaders Institute. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate you guys. And for the softer side, I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Thank you for listening to the Softer Side podcast with life coaches Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Schedule coaching or interviews with us by email at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and get your free Life by Design tips, downloads, and mini courses by visiting our member vault at esofterside.com.